Welcome to the Life Purpose Podcast, where we interview people about their life purpose. And without further ado, let's get into it. So to get started, tell me a little bit about yourself. So my name is Tylen. I am a multifaceted healer. I am a massage therapist, a Reiki master, an astrologer. I call myself a modern day vision singer, which that is essentially the Celtic word for a shaman, hmm. someone that works with multidimensional levels of consciousness. I'm also a yogi, a poet. Nice. I, <laughs> um, I am a girlfriend, a daughter, a, a cat mom. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Solid list of stuff. That's great. I'm sure we could spend hours digging into each one of those titles. Um, yeah. Humans are deep. Love that. Yes. Um, wonderful. Well, um, let's start out. Um, let's just start out with the big question. What is your current life purpose? Mm, so my life purpose is to continue to build deeper and deeper trust with my soul and then assist my fellow humans in the same process. Mm, nice, nice. Really I like simply. that. Totally. Trust with yourself. That's really cool. I feel like when you have trust with yourself, your deeper self gives you things that if you didn't have trust with, you wouldn't get. So that's a powerful concept of you giving yourself stuff and it twists your brain in pretzels and knots, which can be good. So, Yeah, it's, I mean, honestly, so complex. Uh, <laughs> one thing that I really love to dive into with astrology is looking at past life indications. Mm -hmm. And then through my shamanic journeying, I have received obviously like glimpses of my own past lives, but for clients that I work with too. And when we can understand these like soul themes, these psychological functions, these karmic indications, it's deeply healing. And it's mm -hmm. a process that it it's unraveling. Honestly, like I feel like I just sort of stated and declared it in this life, but me doing so has, um, it's sort of like this energy of I'm going to continue to do this now for all throughout my lifetimes is build mm. that deeper and deeper trust. Mm. So yeah, I can show up as a better human and a, a great healer. Nice. That's awesome. Powerful. Love it. So let's see, what would you say is, um, well, I'm actually curious, what is like your favorite shamanic journey that you've been on? Ooh, that's powerful. <laughs> My favorite shamanic journey I've ever been on. Mm, let me think about this. There's so many. So I love to work with power animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on my medicine wheel, I have the owl on the east, the big blue whale on the west, the rabbit on the north, and the tiger on the south. And so I've gone on many, many journeys with them. That They've all been fun. Um, but I think what's coming to mind is my favorite. So what's so interesting is when you start to get into the, the realms of healing and you work with multiple healers, they will tell you similar things. Like you'll start to see these patterns, right? Mm. So I've worked with multiple healers and they've all seen this Native American guide, this man around me, like he's an elder shaman man. 
-hmm. And I've also seen him too. So it's so funny, like when other people see him. Um, But one of my favorite journeys, I was with him and he was guiding me up this mountain. So it was this really like this, this quality of connecting to the earth medicine in a really practical way, like stepping up this mountain, like one step at a time. And just like the effort that it takes to do that. Mm. But when we got to the mountain or uh, to the top of the mountain, he handed me this, it almost looked like tofu. It was like a white block of spirit food. Mm. And I ate the food and I left that journey feeling so loved. And I've connected to this energy of like spirit food ever since. That Mm. was a really powerful journey. Um, and connecting to the, our ancestors is also extremely powerful. And it's, uh, we're always surrounded. We're never alone. I think that was actually like the biggest spiritual lesson I've ever learned is we're never alone. Like we always have guide, our guidance team around us, support and love around us. But the ancestors, especially, it's like this really like subtle love. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's powerful. That's awesome. Um, yeah, the image of food. I mean, talk about culturally significant and symbolically significant and just slash awesome. Um, I love food. Um, that's really powerful. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that spirit food. Love that. It's a really cool theme. Um, let's see. So how, um, when did you like start to acquire your shamanic knowledge? Like, did you grow up in this or did you find it later in life? Oh, no, I did not grow up with this. I grew up in a really, like, Christian home. Ooh, me too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which, in some sense, I'm actually grateful for because Mm -hmm. my entire life, like, I felt this, like, extreme pressure to understand spirituality. Mm. Like, extreme pressure. Like, I was always the kid questioning, 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 and, like, feeling not satisfied by some of the answers that I was getting. Mm. And so I think that's what really like led me on my path now that I'm on and I'm still like on this path of understanding more and more of spirituality. So I began, uh, well, really, I should say that massage therapy, like that was really the catalyst for me, Mm -hmm. Um, healing this trauma that I had from an abusive relationship. And massage like really opened up all of these doors. Like from there, I learned Reiki. I was tuned in 2017. Um, I got my Reiki master's in 2018. And then in 2018, so when I was in school for massage in 2015, that's when I learned about shamanism Mm -hmm. and I felt like this pull towards it. But honestly, like it intimidated me. Mm. It scared me at first. I'm feeling the same way now with hypnotherapy. Like I know I'm called to it, but I'm like so scared of it. But I was, I was feeling the same way. So in 2018 was when I decided I was like, okay, I'm going to just go get a a shamanic healing session before Mm. I like go get trained in it. Cause I know I'm, I'm called to be trained in this. So I did. And it was phenomenal. It was Mm. amazing. Everything that came through. And she told me afterwards, she's like, in two weeks, I'm teaching this course on shamanism. And I was like, oh, okay, well, (laughs) there we go. (laughs) Nice. So I've been journeying ever since. 
Nice. That's awesome. Um, talking about hypnosis randomly, I'm a trained hypnotist, so it is very oh, fun. Yeah, so I love cool. it. It's it's really good stuff. Um, I'm excited for you. Um, and my my wife has been on a similar journey as you. Um, you know, grew up really fundamentalist Christian, and now um, has been finding ways to just like expand her vision and her consciousness. So it's been really cool. Good stuff. Love that's it. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, good. Um, this has been awesome so far. I'm excited to see um, all the other stuff we talk about. So let's see. Um, what would you say is your top number uh, number one life lesson that you've learned so far? Ooh, top. We're going to go in. Okay. So my biggest spiritual teacher uh, on my path has been the Egyptian deity Thoth or Thoth. Mm -hmm. And the way that this happened was, okay, so I was in Minnesota. I was opening up my own massage therapy business and looking at a room to rent. And it was filled to the ceiling with junk. And I noticed one thing out of the room and it was Thoth. And she was like, I think he's creepy. Like, do you want him? <laughs> and I was like, yes, I feel at home with him. <laughs> so from him, I've really learned the hermetic truth because he's also the same deity as Hermes, Mercury, um, Dehudi even in African lineage, Merlin, I think too, connecting mm -hmm. with him more. But really the, the biggest spiritual lesson is as above, so below. It's the truth. Like we're all so interconnected. And one thing I've been really embodying lately is the fact that I am divinely guided. Mm. I am trusting my intuition and opportunities are coming up on my path. And when I feel that love in my heart space, like I know I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. And so it's that trust as above, so below. Mm, that's powerful. Love that, man. That's... uh. I bet that's grounding and um, and kind of like a barrier against life's existential questions. That's powerful. Mm, Love it. Yes. Um, a little bit about why I started this podcast. Um, I have the joy of having existential depression as a companion, and it's a, a fantastic teacher. Um, and so I was curious about other people's uh, life purpose. So it's fantastic to hear your um, your barriers against the. Uh, Anyways, it's good stuff. So thank you. It really hit me. So I love that you're doing this because of that curiosity, right? That mm -hmm. like, because it's bringing you zest, which is Absolutely. like, that's the world I want to live in. Like, yeah. yes, <laughs> definitely. That's awesome. So other than as above, so below, what would you say is your next biggest life lesson? Mm. So. Okay, so in astro in my natal chart in astrology, I have Chiron, who is the wounded healer. Essentially, he is the energy that we're meant to unravel our wounds to really see them, to then be like what our wounds are. Like we're essentially like the greatest teacher, the greatest guide for healing those wounds. So I have Chiron in Leo in my sixth house, and a big theme that I've learned um, throughout my life is to heal this wound I have around rejection. So like as a young kid, I did 
theater and like did auditions and like got rejected like I wrote a whole book when I was a teenager like actually like made query letters got rejected I did door-to-door sales for like almost three years like got so many doors like slammed in my face so I think because of that like I've really truly learned self-acceptance like full full and total self-acceptance for all of my gifts, all of my flaws, like all of my wounds. And it's something that I wouldn't say I've completely learned. <laughs> like I'm mm-hmm. still on the path of learning. Mm, definitely powerful self-acceptance. That's a, that's a miracle pill if there is one. Um, it just <laughs> reminds me of Taoism and how they're like, you know, there's the Tao, there's the way. And even you being off of the way is part of the way. And um, it's just like ultimate acceptance that... Um, We're all trying to get back to our natural selves, but at the same time, our natural self is to be unnatural. I think there was a quote by some smart dead dude who said, um, it is human nature to be unnatural, which is interesting. Mm. Yeah. I love that, especially speaking about Chiron, because he's a centaur, Mm. but he's not a an actual centaur like he was born out of um essentially like a traumatic rape and Mm. he wasn't a real centaur so he like never actually really fit in because he was technically like not natural yeah so i love that actually that like really is really um connected yeah Mm, nice powerful i love how interconnected truth is (laughs) it's good stuff yeah (laughs) our associative brains are powerful it's um That's like, you'll probably learn about this in your future hypnosis courses, but associations are just like one of the main tools. You just take what they say and expand it and it's really fun. So I'm really curious, like for you, because I, I know that I'm meant to study hypnotherapy, but I'm so like, I'm really afraid of it. Like I'm genuinely Mm. scared to like go into my subconscious and heal other people in their subconscious. Mm-hmm. I know it's not about me. So it's like me facing my fears so I can heal other people. But I'm curious, like if you were afraid of it or like how you dealt with that. So I think it was unexpected for me. Um, I did it through a personal development course. And what's really funny is he does all of it to you without telling you what it is. And so you're just mm. like, yeah, this is awesome. Oh my gosh, my life is so improved. Like, here's a story. Um, uh, my wife had a friend and she had crazy post my, or no, excuse me. My wife had crazy postpartum depression for like two years. It was something. And, um, and her friend had this free course. It was like a week long call, like two to three hours a day, really intense course. She gave it to her for free. She took this course literally at the end of the week, her postpartum depression had been erased and had been like flipped on its head. And from there she started her own, uh, motherhood nonprofit. It was like a combination of uh, yoga to heal postpartum wounds, as well as just like um, a community of mothers. She served like, you know, I don't know, over 100 mothers. And um, she did all that just from this week long class. So I was like, okay, I need to get a piece of this. Like, I don't know what this is, but it worked. So I took the class, was astounded. Um, we went to his in person event. And then, and he still doesn't tell you what it is. And then we went to the training where he teaches you how to do what he does. And then he like reluctantly tells you that it's hypnosis, which is really interesting. Yeah. And so, because you, have you heard of Tony Robbins? I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like this huge personal development thing. It's all hypnosis. That's all he does. 
no one calls it hypnosis, but that's just what he does. Um, or neurolinguistic programming is a sexier word for it nowadays, but it's all based mm. on hypnosis. So, and then once I learned it, um, it was really fun to apply. And um, yeah, so that was my, so I didn't have any fear or indication because as in most hypnosis, you like do things that they're not aware of and that's what actually does it. So mm. yeah, it's interesting. That's really helpful for me because it's the change of perception going into it. And I love the story about your wife. Like that is so powerful. So many women, I like they do struggle with that. And so to have a place where they can speak openly and like heal from that. Mm-hmm. She sounds like a powerful woman. Yeah, wow. she is. I love it. It is so good. So yeah, good stuff. So let's dig deeper. Um so other than so above so below and other than oh my memory um what was your second one i apologize so basically healing from rejection through self-acceptance okay self-acceptance healing okay got it so other than that what would you say is your um other top life lesson other than those two Hmm, my other top life lesson Let's see. Mm. I think going back to the going back to trusting in divine guidance, like trusting that I am divinely guided and like being in a place of full surrender towards that. And I know that's it's so difficult for so many people because we want to control all the aspects. We want to like know what's coming up. We want to have that control. And so for me, I've really been in this place of learning, like I'm just going to be in full surrender and like trust that I'm exactly where I need to be. Um, Because I think I'm someone who I I'm very multifaceted. So I want to do all these different things. I have all these ideas and I, and I always, I struggle with the feeling of there's not enough time or I'm not prioritizing the time to do all these things that I want to do. And so I think it's just, I just need to be gentle with myself. Like that's a, I keep coming back to that and just trust I'm divinely guided. Mm, That's powerful. I like that. I like that concept of surrendering. It's, um, yeah, you could call it surrendering to something that's higher than yourself, surrendering to yourself, surrendering to your subconscious, whatever you call it. I think it's definitely a powerful concept. There's a book called The Surrender Experiment, and it's a follow-up to the book called The Untethered Soul, which is one of the mm. best mind books I've ever read. Uh, he talks about your roommate and pretty much just deconstructs mindfulness from a Western scientific perspective and logics you into the powerful of mindfulness. Uh, but what's interesting is he talks about his life. And he was this really intense yogi. He like literally lived in the middle of the woods and just like did yoga for eight hours a day. Um, and he was like, he left his PhD as an electrical engineer from like Harvard and he just never finished his PhD and just went to be this yogi. And then he had this, he realized that his yoga only got him so far and he eventually just stopped progressing spiritually. And then the thing that got him to continue to spiritually progress is he just surrendered to life. 
And whatever thing came up, even if he didn't want to do it, if someone else told him he should do it, he did it, which sounds a little anti like, you know, people pleaser, but the way he did it was really interesting. Like someone introduced him to programming and he fell in love with it. And then he does everything so well in his life that he programmed really well, accidentally came up with a um, game changing program that turned into an entire company. He turned into this like crazy rich person, CEO of a company. And then later in his life, he uh, there was this fraud guy that was stealing from the company. They found out, but before they found out, he went to the feds and like pretty much arranged this entire crazy story to pin it on this guy, the yogi. And um, he got arrested, went to jail, lost his company, all his assets frozen. And he was um, actually, I don't think he actually went to jail, but they like froze all his assets, made the company freeze. And um, it was like this three to five year process of them investigating all his documents. And then he went to court, crazy stuff. And he would go to jail for the rest of his life. And even at that point, he surrendered. And in that, what's powerful, which is the big aha that I'm leading up to, is that um, during the time that he was like, couldn't work and he was, you know, this long investigation, he was probably going to go to jail. That's when he wrote The Untethered Soul which is really like his most seminal work. And so it's like when we're in the deepest um, uh, kind of dark night of the soul is when we can really get the best things out of, um, out of ourselves sometimes. And um, just that surrendering to life can be super powerful because we can't always control life. In fact, we frequently, most of the time can't. <laughs> so It's so true. And having gratitude for those dark places mm-hmm. I think has also been a big life lesson because the only reason why I'm a healer is because I went through like the trauma of an abusive relationship and I needed healing personally. Mm -hmm. And then I realized like, oh my gosh, like I'm actually here to heal other people. So if we can be in a place of gratitude for those darker moments, like the beautiful things are birthed, like this book that's helped Mm -hmm. so many souls. Totally, totally. Yeah, that's powerful. Good stuff. Um, what would you say has been some of those darker moments for you that that birthed uh, something light? Mm. Well, definitely the the abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, like, I wouldn't have gotten out of it on my own. I didn't walk away on my own. The universe really pulled me out of that situation without my conscious will Mm. and I'm so grateful for that now like looking back that I um sort of was held by the universe like being taken out of that situation to then you know focus on healing myself healing those wounds um I I think that's really the darkest place I've ever been because like there were times in that where I was completely lacking self-worth I like wanted to leave the plane. I didn't want to like necessarily kill myself, but I didn't want to be on the planet. Like I wanted mm-hmm. it to just the suffering to end. Um, so for me, like being in this healing field now, I'm just so grateful um, to my body, like for being able to sort of release, release all that that trauma and it's a slow unwinding but i would say that's probably been my darkest place i've ever been in Mm. because from there i've really 
I've really grown to accept myself, to love myself. Massage therapy school was actually the first time that I ever learned self-care. Like mm. they don't teach you that like growing up, I guess, in normal school. Right. So like in massage school, they were like, hey, like there's all these aspects of self-care. There's physical self-care. There's social self-care, spiritual self-care, emotional self-care. So to make sure that you're like, and I was like, what? <laughs> I never even like what? I never totally. even thought of, of self-care before that. So I've really been on like a beautiful path since that dark moment, hmm. but I, but I'm grateful for it to, for where I am now. Powerful, powerful. Yeah, I hear you. Um, let's see. So without like digging into that deeper, um, let's go to a different topic. Um, so what would you say were some of your formative memories as a child? Okay, well, I grew up the oldest, mm -hmm. so I spend a lot of my time babysitting. I have five younger siblings, um, and in shamanism, like we go to like the deepest wounds. And for me, my mom and my biological dad, they got divorced when I was two years old, and my mom remarried. So it's like I have three parents because mm -hmm. I always considered him my dad too. So because of that, like I I would go to see my biological dad like twice a year. Um, and because he wasn't with us all the time, like he would, so, so I have t me and my sister, um, like we're his, and then I have four other siblings. Um, so we would like go with my biological dad like twice a, twice a year. And one year I was eight. He took us to Disney World, which is like every little kid's dream. Yeah. And... <laughs> So they're like, you, you know, the old movie, The Sword in the Stone. Oh, yeah. So there yeah. was the sword in the stone and like all these other kids were like trying to pull it out. Even my sister was. And I was the kid that pulled the sword out of the stone. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, so man. That, that was a really great memory. <laughs> nice. That is so cool. I bet like I just that makes sense that that's a formative memory just as a child being like oh my god it's me I'm powerful <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah. nice what a solid memory that is so cool there has to be so many lessons you can pull out of that and so many metaphors but Oh, man. Yeah, actually, I talked about the same memory on a podcast I did with my friend, The Sacred Woman, where mm -hmm. we talk all about Al Medicine, like she's also a fellow shaman. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, I loved that movie growing up because Merlin and the Owl Archimedes. Mm -hmm. I was yeah. like, oh, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> nice. That's solid. Yeah. Oh, man. Good stuff. It's the drive for curiosity. Like, I'm just a curious soul. Like, yeah, of course I want to pull the sword out and, like, see what, what the sword is all about. <laughs> totally. That's awesome. Curiosity is really helpful. And good stuff. So let's see. What would you say is your biggest challenge that you're having currently? Mm. I think just, like, time flying like I can't <laughs> believe it's already July and and it's like I really am being so conscious and aware of my energy of knowing because I am healing people all day so it's important for me to have uh, practices where I'm coming back to rest and healing myself so I think 
it's really balancing my energy. And that also, it also has to do with social media. Because like, I realize how powerful it is to be a presence in the online space, because essentially, when you show up and you're sharing wisdom, you're like healing all these karmic connections. But it's also something where I'm like, okay, I'm only going to show up when I feel aligned. Like I'm not going to force myself to post and post and post if it doesn't feel good. And so Mm. that's been really something I've been checking myself on and like the struggle to like want to to like give and give and give and like show up and I want to do all these things. But like, okay, well, actually, like you need to chill out. You need to like do your shamanic journey and like meditate and like rest and do your yoga practice before you're giving and giving and giving. So Mm -hmm. I think that's really what I've been feeling into. (laughs) Totally, totally. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So would you say that this like time flying is something that's like always happened for you or is it just recently that you've had this like experience of time flying? Just recently this year, honestly. Because I think it's just so much that's wanting to move through me to be created through me. And I just feel like there's not enough, there's like not enough time. So it's me balancing like my energy. It's been really this whole year. And I'm just like, wow, it's already July. Like that's so wild to me. So it's like trusting that these projects will come out in divine timing and to not like force my energy. Totally. (laughs) Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Nice. So what would you say is the biggest challenge that you have overcome? Biggest challenge I've overcome? challenge I've overcome honestly like I am the black sheep of my family I'm like the weird one the eccentric one Mm -hmm. and I think what I've really had to learn from that and the challenge that I've overcome from that is being in a space of compassionate love like for my family members that have way different belief systems from me and like know that I am not here to change those belief systems like I'm just here to shine my light and in doing so like I've actually seen changes in a few of my family members where they're like oh well Ty's not actually all that crazy (laughs) but it's just trusting and having compassionate love Mm. um And I've even cut like energetic cords with some of my family members, which Mm. was really difficult to do, but it actually has improved our relationship. Mm. So compassionate love. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It can be difficult when it's uh, the belief system you came from and you weren't served well by it sometimes, or at least in some Mm. aspects. So yeah, I hear you. So for someone going through this, that same experience of that thing that you overcame, um, what would be some advice that you would give if they haven't quite yet overcome it? So I think it's to understand from a soul perspective that 
you have come into this life with these karmic connections for that exact reason, for you to shine your brightest light and shine your truth. And you might not even realize the impact that it's making mm. on these pe- on your family or on people around you. Because, I mean, it's taken me years now of me just being myself. And now my mom's like telling me she's like had these astral travels and connections with aliens. And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, But it's just you got to be patient and you got to stay in love, which I know it's hard. I've been there because you like it's it's frustrating. It's infuriating. Mm. But just to be to just take a few breaths and just continue to come back to love because you can't change people. Mm. You can't. The only person you can change is yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And some would argue that that's not even possible. <laughs> which, is, which from a hypnosis standpoint, it's all the change happens in the subconscious. So you're yes. technically changing yourself, but you don't know. Anyways, that's a whole that's a whole can of worms. Um, love it. I think it was Ray Dalio that said, uh, people don't really change except for a time frame of 18 months or more, which I thought was really mm. interesting, which is, I don't know, it's very very interesting so another another um nlp presupposition which is um very much related to hypnosis is that people work perfectly which is very Mm. interesting um yeah is that like the same energy of being in perfect alignment like you're just divinely guided is that sort of what that means so no it actually means something pretty different it means that like and this is maybe not the best podcast to cover this on, but we'll just jump in. Um, That like even people that are doing things that are harmful, they are working perfectly in that they're making the best choice they could possibly make at that time. So if you give them a different choice, another presupposition is that people will choose the best choice in any given time. And so they might not have conceptualize the choice or they might not know they have a choice but in their story their head like from how they grew up from all of the intricacies of that person they're choosing the best choice like no one actively actually tries to be evil they don't wake up and say i think i'm going to make a bad choice today so Mm. and if you can truly understand that that's when you can come in and rewire their brain and like help them see things differently you have to come at it from a point that they already work perfectly and you don't come at it from like, I'm going to fix them. It's more like, oh, I understand them completely. And because I can understand them, I know the next choice that they need to, they need to realize or that they will probably want to realize. And then that's another thing is that you give them choices, but only they choose it. And the secret of hypnosis is that you do a hundred things and they pick one. And, you know, everything works in like 10 seconds. It's just finding the one thing that works in 10 seconds. So Mm. it's very interesting. I absolutely love that because I actually feel that is the truth as well. Like we are already so whole and so perfect. For me, like in the work I do, I feel like all day I'm just holding up the mirror for people and being like hey look like look at how powerful you are like look at how divine and beautiful you are mm. but like when they can witness that for themselves then they can see okay these are these psychological patterns that i have and then they'll make the choice of if they want to be in the lower vibrational frequency of that or the higher vibrational frequency of that totally so it comes back to choice mm, absolutely yeah 
Well, I think that about wraps up our time. Thank you so much. This has been a joy to understand you a little bit and your wisdom and your stories. It's definitely been a pleasure. I know a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this. Thank you so much for inviting me. I would actually love to have you come on my podcast if you're open to that. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Super stoked. Yay! <laughs> love it. Good stuff. Well, awesome. I'm going to uh, go ahead and hit the unrecord button. We can totally chat afterwards. Um, thank you so much. Peace. Yes.